Hello, I'm Dr. Amalia Gondas Malka. Welcome to Womanity Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self emancipation, human rights, democracy, and much more. Joining us today is the Ambassador of the European Union to South Africa, Sandra Kramer, who most recently served as the Africa Director at the European Commission's Director General for International Partnerships. We also have the Ambassador of Denmark to South Africa, Ambassador Elspeth Sondergaard, and the Ambassador of the Republic of Lithuania, Rasa Jankowskater. Welcome to the show. It's a full house. Thank, Thank you for having us. To begin with, building relations and cooperating in areas of opportunity for mutual benefits is really one of the, the strengths of these bilateral arrangements between different countries, different institutions and organizations. And if I think from a South African point of view, our foreign policy focuses on building unity, inclusive economic development, and shared prosperity for the African continent and its people. Turning to Ambassador Sandra Kramer, can you give us a couple of objectives that you want to accomplish during your current term of office? Yes, yes, of course. Thank you for having us again. Um, I just want to say that we're glad to be here, the three of us. There are 22 ambassadors of the European Union in South Africa, European Union is a big group of countries and they're very well represented in South Africa. And what we are trying to do, all of us individually, and me as European Union ambassador, is to create strong and fruitful and positive relations with South Africa in all sorts of ways, politically, in the fields that you describe, democracy, human rights, rule of law, but also economically, uh, the European Union is the largest trading partner for South Africa and also the biggest foreign investor into South Africa. So the European Union is an extremely important partner, but so is South Africa for us in many ways. And we work um, on, for example, the green transition or digitalization, education, health, many aspects where uh, there are extremely positive relations, which we, of course, want to see further strengthened uh, in the years ahead. Thank you for giving us that overview and the fact that we've got these 22 nations operating cohesively and also connected under this um, one umbrella. All three of you have got a tremendous experience in the different areas that, that you work in. If I can turn to you, Ambassador Elspeth, your portfolio, and I have to say this from my experience with other European ambassadors, is enormous. Nine countries in the region. Can you tell us about some of the scalable programs that you perhaps have that target women's development? Thank you very much. Uh, yes, I'm ambassador of uh, South Africa and also to eight other uh, eight other countries. Uh, so what we do is actually from our capital in uh, in Copenhagen, we provide core support to UN agencies, to the European Union, and to very big uh, international NGOs that do work with gender equality and with uh, with uh, sexual and repro reproductive health and rights. Uh, so we fund uh, globally, and then we also have a few projects in, in South Africa where we focus mostly on uh, on schools, where we are training both girls and boys about uh, positive masculinity and how to respect each other, uh, no matter which uh, sex you have or which background you have. 
uh, of the few uh, smaller projects that we do have in South Africa. But as South, South Africa is a middle, uh, upper middle income country, we don't have very big uh, development assistance programs here. Uh, but we are supporting via the UN and via the European Union. Thanks for sharing. And Ambassador Rasa, can you reflect for us a little on some of the milestones in your career that have had the biggest impact on you? Um, thank you very much for, for having uh, us and me in this program today. And speaking about uh, milestones in my career, um, I think, you know, just uh, the, the most extraordinary and exciting thing for me, it was joining uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs in uh, in beginning of 90s, as, as we, Lithuania, regained uh, our independence in 1990. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a period, you know, when young people were interested to do big big things you know and uh, uh and that in that period we are very thankful for uh, our other eu member states especially scandinavian countries uh, denmark finland uh sweden uh that helped us a lot in in that process and we had uh, extensive uh, training and we got financial support and uh, in during that period we learned a lot you know and uh it in my career, the beginning uh, uh, of my, my job, it was uh, that essential uh, milestone for sure. And uh, of course, you know, just uh, coming to the South Africa, uh, being uh, ambassador here is a big uh, thing for me as it's my first ambassadorship. It's interesting in terms of the timeframes of your independence, because there's a very similar overlap in South Africa celebrating in 1994, 30 years of democracy and being independent and can consider itself a grown up. <laughs> um, one of the things that really strikes me, and I'm always obviously we're a gender based show and we've got the three of you gathered here today is the aspect of building female leadership capacity. I think that it's really important for the future of women as well as to our respective countries and continents. And in particular, women occupying higher level uh, roles in, in office and when I reflect on this and I think about the prime ministers and presidents in, in Africa, you can, female-wise, you can literally count them on your hand. But in terms of your respective countries and, and institutions, uh, president of the European Commission is, is Ursula von der Leyen, uh, prime minister of Denmark, and I forgive me if I pronounce her name incorrectly, Meta Fredriksson. And if we turn to Lithuania, I mean, you had a female president who was re-elected, um, so same woman serving twice. Ambassador Kramer, if you could please tell us a little bit more about your views of the role of mentorship to help develop female leadership. Yes, with pleasure, because um, I'm glad you mentioned the President of the European Commission. It's, uh, I've been working for nearly 30 years with the institutions, and this is the first time that a woman is leading the European Commission. So for me and for many of my colleagues, this is really a big deal. 
um, we have mentorship programs uh, inside uh, the European Commission, and um, I am participating as well, mentoring younger colleagues, and I think it's extremely important to do that and to uh, have these sort of role models as President von der Leyen now is. I really like the saying, if you can see it, you can be it. And that is what a lot of my younger colleagues need to see, is that she's there and she's leading the commission and you can at some point in time be there too. So um, never underestimate how important that is uh, for the outside, but definitely also for the inside of our organization. And I recall your your predecessor to, to South Africa. Um, I, I think it was Ambassador Kionka. Yes, yes, correct. And one of the things that she said, she said that when she went to conferences, she would ask the delegation to stand up and she'd take a picture and she would post it in social media. And she would say, you know, kind of just look to see what the female representation was. And that was shared, um, but in a way that wasn't confrontational, but just really showing visibility or, or lack of visibility of, of women. Staying with this this topic and and going over to uh, Ambassador Rosa, President Gabalskata, what do you think she did to get people to see past her gender and rally support for her election? Oh, you know, just I'm very happy you ask about, you know, just I kind of I thought I would be speaking later on about her because I was pleasure to work with her. And when I started my career in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, he was deputy minister uh, and, uh, and I worked under her supervision. So, and speaking about, again, you know, just about uh, the question of mentorship, you know, I think she was an excellent mentor for me and big inspiration uh, being young diplomat uh, in the ministry. And, uh, uh, and you know, just, it's kind of uh, it's extraordinary, you know. Just she was a very tough lady, very straightforward lady, and um, she had uh, this inner power, um, uh, you know. Just kind of the uh, and then you know, just kind of the she was true to herself, and uh, many people just uh, and she was result oriented, and people you know just just believed her, you know, whatever she said. And uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it's great, great example of, of woman leader. Wonderful. And Ambassador Elizabeth, if you had a, a crystal ball, what do you think needs to happen to more countries to accept women in leadership? So be that a female president or prime minister. So I think what uh, voters will need is a, a qualified candidate to vote for. So I think, uh, first of all, all women should make sure to participate in politics and uh, to partic participate in the, in the work of the political parties. And then the leaders of the political parties are probably most often men, but that they should be aware that they have a bias where they are probably selecting people that look like themselves. So that's men. Uh, but instead, they should uh, look inside the party and uh, look for a qualified candidate and promote her. And then in the end, she would become the political leader of the party. 
she would be the one campaigning for the for the party and uh, then people of south africa for instance or any other country would would uh, look at her and her statements her policies that she's maybe may charismatic qualified and uh, and they vote for her because of that maybe also because she's a woman but maybe also just because uh, she's uh, very qualified so we all have to to promote uh, other women uh, and men should also uh, look for qualified women so you need definitely one uh, to vote for otherwise it's uh, it's not going to happen in denmark we have a, a female prime minister now we have had one earlier also and we have had uh, several and have also now several very uh, very strong ladies in the european uh, commission as commissioners uh, we have also had a, a queen of denmark uh, for 52 years uh, who uh, abdicated on the 14th of january so now we have a king and he's married to a queen and uh, our queen of denmark has also been very strong and powerful for many many years representing our nation so we need role models as uh, sandra also said uh, so but we need some somebody to vote for otherwise it's not going to happen voting and also the dynamic of giving up power because people tend to want to hold on to their power yes absolutely <laughs> every year the world economic forum publishes the gender gap index and every year i get this sinking feeling in my stomach and go i am not going to live long enough for us to fully achieve gender parity according to the 2023 report it's going to take 169 years to close economic participation and the the opportunity uh, gender gap thankfully in the educational gap it's it's a it's a lot less at, at 16 uh political econ- the political empowerment gender gap is also huge at 162 years ambassador kramer what are some of the things that you think could help close the political empowerment gender gap because you know in in our previous question having this political power is incredibly important to help for representation and obviously help the the rest of the population understand what what they can do and and protect them in a way for opportunities yes indeed and i think uh, therefore uh, to close or help close the political empowerment gender gap um you need these role models but you also need a lot of work in other fields there's a lot of unconscious bias still going on um that women cannot combine things that um the family care is still very much weighted on the woman and not the man. Um, I think I'm here with my fellow ambassadors and we can probably all give you examples of how often we were asked, how do you do that with your family? Who is looking after the children? I wonder how many men have ever got that question. So I think these unconscious biases are very important and very practical things. Um, As uh, the Ambassador of Denmark just said, um, get these women into politics. And there's something um, in uh, the Netherlands, I'm from the Netherlands, which is called a zipper system, which means that for every political voting list, you will have to do a man, a woman, a man, a woman, a man, a woman. And that's how you construct your uh, voting lists. Um, If that can be done, and I think that that would be a very credible and very important tool, 
to 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 get that political empowerment agenda cap uh, at least slightly less awful than it is now to really sometimes force the system a bit mm. and do you think that's been effective in in the netherlands i mean clearly denmark is in the lead there from a scandinavian point of view by having the zipper system in place and being really uh, uh stringent and and focusing on putting interventions in place? Yeah, to a certain extent, uh, there are uh, some extremely strong uh, women who have been uh, ministers in uh, key positions. So I think that has definitely helped. Um, it has so far not delivered us a, a female prime minister, uh, but I think that it is a system that at least gets women into politics and onto uh, the powerful political positions that they should Ambassador Alcibet, what are some of your thoughts about promoting meaningful economic participation for women, whether that's in the entrepreneurship space or, or any other field, to really try and help close the the working, the economic gaps? Well, I think that economic empowerment of women is very important. It's simply not efficient if half of the world's population is not working. So we need to get uh, women in the workplace as well. Uh, also, uh, different uh, studies have shown that if you have an organization or a company where you have a mix of men and women, then that company or organization is much more uh, efficient and uh, successful because you have different perspectives on things and that's good for, for your work. So definitely we need economic uh, empowerment of, uh, of women. And that's actually a, a place where we are lacking a, li a little bit behind in Denmark. That's on uh, senior management of companies, for instance, we have much more men than we have women. And also we don't have equal pay. So even though uh, a woman and a man is performing the same task in an organization, the man's uh, salary is higher than, than the woman's. So even though gender equality is going quite well in Denmark, we are not there yet. And there's still a lot of work uh, to do. And therefore, we think also that it's important to have uh, legisl legislation and action plans so that we make it illegal to discriminate men and women, you can say. So we still need to push for that. And I think on that point of, of pay parity, that really is a company's responsibility. They've got the paychecks. They know what they're paying people, that it's on them to start setting the, the, the benchmarks and, and uh, addressing unequal pay. But it's also on the women to become better at demanding unequal pay and to be become better at uh, negotiating because men have a, a quite a big, now I'm generalizing, but men may, may have a, a bigger uh, belief in themselves and women are a bit more shy. So, so we should also uh, go and, uh, and ask for that actively. So what would be your, your one tip? to women to have better negotiation skills? Believe in yourself and go and, and demand equal rights. Ambassador Rasa, what do you think we need to build on the most to benefit women in the future? Uh, I would think that it's, it's very important to implement uh, uh, policies that support work and life balance in order, uh, as Sandra already mentioned, 
that uh, women could uh, could follow their careers and at the same time they have uh, they could fulfill their personal and family responsibilities and that i think it's uh, very very important that this uh, think you know in uh, in, uh, in closing this uh, gender gap and uh, uh, for women in in general yes achieving that life balance is is a hard one but but so important thinking more about um some of your specific countries and and women that have been uh, important to you or or to to your institutions uh ambassador sandra can you share with us uh, a couple of strong women that have been prominent in your life Yes, um actually I just mentioned her. I think President von der Leyen is a great example of somebody who's had an amazing career, who's also been Minister of Defense, which is not really an area where you see lots of women. Um is a mother of seven and is a very good leader of the European Commission. So I think uh, that is somebody that is really an example and I've for a long time worked for uh, a woman who was my boss for like 10 years and I thought she never gave up on her femininity she was really a very good leader someone who will just never give up and is always uh, incredibly positive and strong and i think that's what you need to be positive and strong uh, to survive in in what we're doing yeah. ambassador alsper can you tell us about a couple of women who've been important change change agents in in denmark Yes as as I mentioned before I think we have so many role models in in Denmark to to choose from if you want to see powerful uh, and uh, influential uh, women so we have the the prime ministers the commissioners the queen etc uh, but actually also I was thinking when I I got this uh, question beforehand I was also thinking about my own mom because uh, she's the mom of uh, of four kids and we grew up in a farm where my my father was working all the time and he would actually like her to just stay at home and take care of the kids in the household but she demanded to go to work every single day because she really loved her work and she wanted to use her education so um, so she demanded that and that was a, a role model for me absolutely and do you find that because of what she did that that's influenced your career and and the way that you went into the working world yes i i saw that she got a lot of energy uh, and power out of her work and then also the way that i grew up i was the big sister of uh, three younger sisters so i was very responsible already when i was a child and that made me very independent and uh, wanted to to go off in the world and and do something So so that's what I got from my childhood and my parents. Some others have a really important influence on the children as as they go ahead. And yes, that was my experience and now I also want to show my own daughter that I may be working a little bit too much but I am enjoying it. I think it's really important I tell her about it uh, so that she realizes that that's a good uh, good argument for me going to work every day. It is a strong influence, and Ambassador Russell, 
Can you tell us about a couple of trailblazing women um, from Lithuania that stand out for you? Uh, as I already mentioned, that's uh, President Glibovskaita uh, was uh, definitely was uh, uh, that person, you know, as and especially in the beginning of career, you know, just uh, that I think it was very, very important uh, to meet uh, and to see this kind of the, uh, the woman. And uh, I think she, she wasn't in my career number one. But uh, I kind of, uh, yeah, I met uh, a lot of other women, you know, just uh, uh, my former ambassador with whom I worked in, in China. Now she is EU ambassador in Laos, is Ina uh, Marcellonide. And throughout our history, you know, we also had, you know, very, very powerful women. And uh, because of that, such women, Lithuania was uh, one of the countries uh, one of the first countries uh, where women were allowed to participate in uh, in uh, in elections, and it it happened uh, more than one hundred years ago. So, unfortunately, you know, just during Soviet era, uh, we lost the legacy of these women, and now we kind of see uh, the rediscovering those uh, stories, and it's very nice, you know, just that they are not forgotten, but uh, it's kind of the uh, for, for big surprise, you know, just uh, we didn't, even didn't know that back many, many years ago, we had such powerful women in, in, in our society, in our community. It's an important foundation to, to build on. Um, before we close off on the, the aspect of, of equality, uh, Ambassador Sandra, can you just briefly tell us about the state of gender equality from either an EU point of view, or maybe it's too large uh, to, to group everything together, or from um, a Netherlands perspective? Well, from a European Union perspective, of course, you have to look at the 27 member states and situations will be different and uh, policies will be different. But more and more, we have common policies uh, that we all agree on uh, that are sometimes just directions where we all say we want to take ourselves. And sometimes there's real laws. For example, a very important law that just came about, which is that non-executive boards of companies must have 40% women in their boards. And this was a uh, proposal of the European Commission. So the European Commission proposes laws. And then there's the member states and the European Parliament that jointly decide, maybe change, and then adopt these laws. Um, and I think it is very important to realize that that um, suggestion was made over 10 years ago. So for 10 years, member states were not really knowing what to do with it, what direction to take it, was this a good idea or not? And then under the leadership of uh, President von der Leyen, this is now a law. So non-executive boards of companies must have 40% women on board. Um, and that's extremely important. It's, it's very important because um, more diversity in boards helps companies. Um, companies get more successful. We've exempted small and medium-sized enterprises, uh, or and it's only for companies that are listed. Um, and if there are any sanctions, it's up to the member states. They will not be centrally sanctioned. But all this is important to realize that with such legislation, you can take 
uh, that whole uh, women's rights issue uh, a great step forward with a bit of pain. And time. But we got there. Well, I I think that's a a tremendous achievement and it shows for me two things. One, never give up. And um, two, that we are showing the benefits of having women in these prominent positions and how they how they uh, benefit the bottom line of organizations, too. We're now coming towards the latter part of, of the show, and it's, it's a, a, a section where I tend to ask people about their personal journeys and looking towards the, the, the futures. So uh, we've already heard about some of Ambassador Elizabeth's background as she was growing up. Ambassador Rasa, can you share with us a few pivotal moments in your life as you were growing up? Oh, I think it's kind of the, one of the most important things to, for me was that um, I grew up and was educated in the Soviet Lithuania. And uh, for me, it was very, very important thing, you know, that I was part of this uh, independence uh, movement in Lithuania and uh, uh, that I could stand up with... Uh, uh, with thousands of Lithuanians nearby parliament and freezing winter against Russian tanks. And um, and still kind of, it, it's already more than 30 years we are independent, when, but I when I remember, um, these days I, I become very emotional because uh, I was part of that. And uh, in general, you know, becoming independent, it changed my life absolutely, you know. And I was very lucky to study and uh, to follow my career in already independent country. And um, it was uh, it was the most important thing for, for me that I could I can live in in, in free and democratic independent country. Uh, as well, I think you know just uh, for me another important uh, uh, thing was. Uh, uh, my choice of my career and uh, uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, and I joined in in very uh, important timing. You know, when Lithuania already took the decision to become a European Union member, and uh, it was it was uh, not so easy. Uh, it was a very demanding uh, period, but at that time we learned a lot, and uh, we had to be very quick quick learners. And uh, lastly, what I want to mention, it's, of course, you know, becoming a parent, becoming a mother. And uh, because, you know, just uh, having uh, having kids, it, it's it's very special thing for, for everyone, you know, being father or mother, you know. And I think, you know, just with the birth of my child, I kind of see the generated and uh, um, not 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 only learn to be more patient, but uh, uh, but uh, you know just uh, I regained again the sense of curiosity in in the world and what's happening around, and as well you know uh, we be becoming more creative when uh, when our kids are growing up uh, about simple things. Yeah, I think that that those are the most important things. Thanks for sharing those insights. And Ambassador Sandra, what would you say have been some of the factors behind your success? 
Um, I would say um, maybe two things. One is, and that I learned from uh, from my family, from growing up, also in a family of four, is to just never give up, to really just continue, to really literally be persevering in what you want to do. Um, and uh, secondly, and I think that's important for women, and, and especially for younger women who are starting their careers is to lean in. If you get an opportunity, go for it. Don't question yourself. Don't think you can't do it. Don't think it's going to be difficult with the family. Don't make up all sorts of excuses as to why you shouldn't do it because there are better candidates or because whatever. Lean in, do it. And I think that has helped me and I'm very sure that that'll help a lot of women to go forward and to take these extra responsibilities for these jobs. I think that's a great piece of advice. And uh, lastly, Ambassador Elspeth, if we can close out our conversation today with you sharing a few words of inspiration or, or motivation from some of the lessons that you've learned to, to pass on to girls and women in Africa that are listening to us. Thank you for, for the opportunity again. Just a, a comment on what, what uh, Sandra just said, that there's actually a book called Lean In that, uh, that I read. It's really good, so I can recommend that. And I would also say, as Sandra did, uh, impo very important to lean in. So during my career, I have been posted to Afghanistan. I have been working in the energy sector. I've been working with a lot of businesses. And in all those meeting rooms and the uh, family photos, it's just full of men. And I was uh, very often the only woman, but I, I pretended that I didn't notice. And I made sure that I, I took the floor and I stated my opinion. And I think actually it was an advantage for me being a woman because I was a little more colorful in the room and in the photos. And, uh, and also I, I would have some other pers perspectives that maybe the men didn't think about. Uh, and now also we may sometimes be invited because we're women. Uh, because we do have perspectives uh, and uh, and uh, dresses with flowers on or whatever, uh, so I think we should just take advantage of that and and enjoy that and definitely lean in and uh, apply for the jobs, even though we think that uh, there may be some men that are more qualified, but you never know if you don't apply. And then also uh, maintain all the focus on mentorships. Uh, we have a lot of focus on that in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of Denmark, where there are some. Uh, some uh, high-level uh, ladies in the ministry that make sure that they notch uh, the younger diplomats. For instance, I was uh, asked to apply for South Africa position, even though it's very, very popular. Uh, I did not think of it myself, but they suggested it to me, and therefore I applied and I got it, and I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy that I did uh, that. I did do that. So lean in is a very good, uh, very good point. I think. Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. I wish that we had more time. There are many, many more questions I would have liked to have asked you, but it's been a pleasure to host you and we wish you all the very, very best for, for 2024. Thank you for having us. You have been listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, and we have been talking to the Ambassador of the European Union, the Ambassador of Denmark, as well as the Ambassador of the Republic of Lithuania.